Welcome to episode 16 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. As always, I am delighted to host this podcast as it gives me the opportunity to speak to a variety of people within our vibrant and dynamic soccer slash football community. And thank you to all the listeners that support this podcast and all the people that follow the social media pages. I'm amazed at the support and at the depth to our history in the community. I will keep posting and searching as there are many more items that need to be found and posted. This episode's interviewee started his soccer journey in Sydney before he came to the Illawarra in the early 1980s as a 23-year-old. His first interaction within the Illawarra was to play a few games with Socceroo Adrian Alston in his first season with the University of Wollongong Soccer Club. The majority of Brendan Fotheringham's career was spent at UAWSC and it is here where he tasted success in a grand final for the first time in 1989, one of UAWSC's best periods as a club. From the mid-1990s onwards, he then moved around to learn from different coaches at various clubs and during this period due to his vocation as a teacher, he was heavily involved at the different levels of coaching within the combined high school soccer community. I found Fotho to be a great interviewee as he was always willing to try different areas of the game and speak about them, such as refereeing in the past couple of seasons. The friendships developed in his career are many, but one of the primary soccer relationships was with Ian Morris, which began when Fotho was his teacher in the late 1980s. Over the course of approximately 25 years, these two have shared soccer experiences, and it says a lot about both of them that their friendship still exists today. That's it for now, so please enjoy this episode. Well, welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm here in the uh, leafy surrounds of Bowgowney with Brendan Fotheringham. Brendan, how are you? I'm pretty well, thanks mate. Or, or Fotho, as uh, most in the... Illawarra soccer community know him. Um, I appreciate you coming here, uh, especially in your holidays, so thank you. Cheers, mate. We'll start off, it's an extensive career that you've had um, in um, playing, um, coaching, and probably two tiers to your coaching, being um, your vocation is a, a school teacher, and you uh, also have coached in, in the local league leagues as well, so... We'll go with playing, um, then your two coaching careers, and and then uh, we'll get to uh, the refereeing. Um, and I guess a bit on the side, but as we talk about your university days, we'll talk about your committee stuff as well. Okay. So we'll start from the beginning. You were, you were born in the early 60s? Yeah, 61? 1961. Yeah. yeah. And, and where did you grow up? Um, well, family family's all from Broken Hill. Yep. Um, but we left there... I think I was age four and a bit, and grew up Sydney mainly. Yep. Um, bit of country service. My dad worked for Woolworths, so we were in Cowra for a little bit, Bathurst for a couple of years, and then back in Sydney. Yep. So all my schooling was in, in Sydney. And and your your first, um, it seems um, from the uh, timeline that you sent through to me that your your soccer career um, started a bit later, um, in under twelves. 
Um, did you play other sports beforehand or you just never got the opportunity to start at an earlier age? Um, I actually started out in that other code with the funny shaped ball. So I, uh, I played rugby league, um, Cowra, 1969, yep. uh, under, under eight, so I think I was only seven years old there, but yeah, that was a, the earliest competition they had. So I played one season there, I played with Bathurst RSL yep. and Ermington Rydalmere. Okay. <laughs> And then when I changed schools to Eastwood Primary School, the first bloke I sort of sat with and hooked up with, he played with St Andrews Eastwood, which was my, my first So that was the club. change from... Yeah, that was a change, just that happened to be my mate that I made in a new school, he played soccer. And, and what, were you, um, what did you think of those uh, first couple of years at St Andrews Eastwood's in junior soccer under 12s and under 13s after playing league? Um, where did you play and, and what did you think of the sport? Um, I think I, uh, I I switched over pretty well. I mean, I was I was, I was tiny as a little kid, yep. and I don't think I I don't think I enjoyed rugby league <laughs> as much as I did the football. Yeah, just being able to, to to run around and 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 not get not get knocked over by big kids was good. Um, it was very interesting uh, from the coaching side of it. Uh, my uh, introduction to football though was uh, f- five laps and then a game. That was training. <laughs> I'm an 11 year old so hopefully we've come a long way since then I think mine was uh, only three laps so um, <laughs> mine was a, a, a few years after yours so and what position were you playing in in those uh, first couple of years um, I think I played forward up front yeah or forever yeah more attacking yep. position yeah I've, over the course of the career I mean, I've played through necessity I think I've played every position on the park yep but uh, yeah attacking yeah, forward, forward play was always, always my, my better position. Yeah. And uh, is it in 75, uh, after being with St Andrews Eastwood, you went to Yarala Soccer Club? Is that correct? Do yeah. I pronounce that yeah. correctly? Yeah, yeah, Yarala. Um, yeah, it was only a very, very small club um, yep. set up by a, a, a group out of, um, I forget which denomination of church it would have yep. been down there in that North Strathfield area of Sydney. And again, it was just a, a mate at high school. So that was the team he played with. He lived down that way at uh, Concord yep. West. So I just used to jump the train and get down there for training and jump the train home. And, and uh, yeah, we played there for, for a couple of years until uh, we moved on to senior football. And in those, uh, you then um, had two years there and then a, a year at, um, uh, firstly, in under-16s with Carlingford United. Uh, is there anything... Um, that springs to mind in those early years about um, some pearls of wisdom from coaches or or games or a season that stands out in your mind? Um, yeah, again, Carlingford United were uh, in the competition that we played with Urala, so yeah. there so was a group of guys that were sort of played against for those couple of seasons, and Carlingford was a lot closer to where I lived. Uh, okay. And my best mates from Urala, they moved over to uh, Rugby Union. Right. Yeah, actually, two of the boys made CHS Rugby Union in in 1977. Yeah, and and so then you yeah, made the so switch made yourself the switch to Carlingford United. Yeah, to keep playing football with yeah, guys closer to home. But the the pearls of wisdom there was uh, the second season there with our uh, our coach. We played in the church's all age comp 
Yep. So we were a bunch of 17-year-old kids playing against some of these old, old hackers on a football pitch with, with jocking goals. He'd played professionally with uh, East Fife in Scotland. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so that was our goalkeeper. Yeah, so words of wisdom there. He'd, he'd been there, done it all. Yeah, he was a full-time professional in the Scottish League. So he was our goalkeeper at 40-something years of age with a bunch of kids. Yeah, much to the... Uh, the displeasure of some of the old guys that we used to run around in that comp. <laughs> and and how did that come about? That a, a junior, you know, a lot of junior players and under 17s team playing in an under in an, an all age, age church competition. We didn't have a goalkeeper. Okay. <laughs> so simple as that. Didn't have a goalkeeper for the following season. So Jock said, "Yeah, well, I can play in goals, and we can go in the all age comp." And that was history. And then. Following on from that, that's uh, the following season. We followed a couple of us followed Jock over to Borkham Hills in the federation, which became the state leagues. And then it, uh, and so you, you went to, uh, like you said, you went to Borkham Hill Soccer yeah. Club uh, in under 19s, and, and yeah. Jock, uh, who was the uh, East Fife goalkeeper coach, yeah. then I guess didn't play, but was no, still your coach. Yeah, so he coached the youth grade up there for. A couple of seasons, yeah. I think I had uh, one season youth grade, and then was into the, the senior clubs. Yeah. And was that uh, at Borkham Hills there um, in in the state league? Was that uh, second or third tier that you were playing? Uh, that would have been third. Yep. So yeah, at, at the time I think they called it state league, and then there was yep. New South Wales Federation Division One and Two. Right, we were in the second one, and then the following year afterwards, yeah, it became state league third division. So I suppose that's the equivalent now of MPL three. And and you were, um, I guess. When you went in, was the under 19s part of the senior club anyway yeah. at Borkham yeah. Hill? So yeah. you were training with the other yeah. two grades as well. Yeah. And so, what, what did you uh, think of your transition from? I guess you'd seen a little bit playing against men, but now that you were training and yeah. mixing with them, very what, different. what were your thoughts there? Yeah, yeah very different. Um, yeah, a bit intimidating. Yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah, uh, that was. It was semi-professional even way back then at that level, yep. and yeah, so we you know, come from playing kids' football to yeah, full-on yeah, contact at training, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even some of the, uh, I mean, it's old school days there. Some of the uh, the physicality on on the weekends, and even some of the uh, verbal banter on the weekends was very much an, an eye opener. <laughs> wouldn't, very would, wouldn't be allowed. No, these days. very different back in the uh, yeah, late seventies and, and that to uh, to what we play now. Yeah. And so, when you did um, move up from under nineteens, um, you moved up probably as a nineteen year old in the nineteen eighty season, and then had eighty, um, eighty one, eighty two, and eighty three um, in that senior setup. You were still a young bloke. Um, you were playing up front or more out in the no, wing? Yeah, still up, up front right. or back then even one, um, one of the coaches, um, it was uh, a 4-2-4 four, four, four he basically played. Yep. So, yeah, there was two of us young blokes. We played out in those wide positions. So it was, it was basically a, a forward but also defensive duties. Yep. As back, yeah, yep. Um, trying to think his name now. Jeez, there's been so many coaches. Um, and what about... Um, in that sort of Borkham Hill Soccer Club time that you had there playing in, in the State League, um, what were the, some of the clubs you were coming up against? And is there any sort of uh, other players that you remember that went on to do other things in the sport? Um, can't remember many much of the players. Um, yep. Yeah, but, but clubs-wise, um, Mount, Mount Druitt 
yep. um, who are currently yeah they're currently well, now they back currently up had in, a draw with the Wolves yeah, uh, yesterday back up in NPL one uh, local derbies was uh, like, any of those Western Sydney Leth- Lethbridge Park yep um, Blazeville Ravens um, Northride Lane Cove yep yeah um, one of the clubs we we played over at uh, Erskineville Queens Park. Which I think okay. they're, they're now up in, yeah, they're still in MPL one or, or two, two, I think, back then too, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you did some travelling, Bathurst, Bathurst 75. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that's road, road trips for a young bloke, they were fun because we, we stayed overnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was a good bus trip there yeah, and back? Yeah, a great bus trip, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and did you, um, I guess, um, concurrently, you know, playing soccer or football on the weekends in state league so it was a, a good standard um, but were you then um, going to university to become a teacher or, yeah, or yeah, yeah so you're doing that on the side yep um, so did you think um, look I can time manage both or did you think it at some point that you'd have to give up the game or no, it was no, okay no, it was okay yeah I was um, able to, to manage that and um, I don't think I don't think I even missed very many training sessions at all. Uh, so even from the University of New South Wales, one side of Sydney back to Bob yep. Mills was a decent trip. Yeah, that is yeah. a big trip. Yeah, but I used to you know, manage to get back home for most most training sessions. And uh, yeah, I um, never never thought of, of giving the game away at all. Uh, I know some people do. They get to get to that that age, age. Of, yeah, of university and jobs and things. And uh, I never never had the inkling of stopping playing. I love the game. And and that um, at the end of those uh, um, four seasons there with Borkham Hills, or five if you include your under-19s, um, you then um, came down to the Illawarra, and, and so was that due to, due to a, a teaching placement that you came down to the Illawarra? Yeah, yeah, I finished, finished university in, in 83, um, like everybody, applied for a teaching position anywhere on the coast, Yep. Tweed, tweed heads to Eden. Yep. Um, and uh, I'd been on a holiday and came back home. And Mum said, "Oh, the Department of Education has left a, a phone message for you. Can you can you ring them back?" And apparently they hadn't got my transcript for my honours year. Yeah. So, so I had to go in to the uni, grab that, went in, and they said, uh, "Well, just wait there." Came back. You can have um, Eldersley High School. Or go home and wait for a telegram, as it was in back days. So yep. I've explained to some people what a telegram was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can wait for a telegram, it'll probably be a high school somewhere in the Liverpool area. So I didn't know where elders he was, looked on a map, yep. Camden. Okay. Well, we can uh, move, to, move to Wollongong. There was a postgraduate sports science course I was interested in at Wollongong yep. Uni. So I said, well, we can go live in Wollongong, I can do that course and, and travel up to Camden. And that's what we decided to do. So you're, you're speaking in the collective we then? Yeah, you, yeah, obviously. Was, yeah, yep, yeah my, 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 uh, my wife and I have been together since 1977. Yep. <laughs> so, so yeah, she, she was... Uh, she was fine with... Um, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. she a teacher as well? Or no, 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 she'd um, finished school, was then doing like... Um, Part-time office office work at the time, yep. and then we came down to Wollongong, and then she did um, childcare training at TAFE, and uh, she did that career for for quite a while. And so, uh, yeah, obviously travelling uh, during the week, commuting to yeah. to go to near Camden there for your teaching role. Um, but was it just a, a matter of, well, I'm, I'm doing this other post mm. postgraduate degree. Um, I might as well avail myself of 
the University of Wollongong Soccer Club. Yeah. Is that pretty much how yeah. it came about? You saw something there? Or? Uh, again, just, just coincidence. We, we found a, a place to rent over at Gwynville. Yep. And I had no idea of any of the football clubs down here. But you knew you wanted I knew, to still yeah, play? Yeah, I knew you wanted to still play. And obviously, coming from University of New South Wales, I sort of knew that every uni will have a soccer, yeah, club. Have a soccer club. So, yeah, made a, made a phone call and walked, walked across <laughs> from, from home across to the, the old oval that was down near the, uh, the freeway at the time. Yes, that's where we trained and played. And so, so um, geographically, um, University of Wollongong Soccer Club at that point in time in '84 wasn't playing at Coolabong. No. So we, where where was the other ground? There, I think they used to call that Field Four, which was the ones down near the freeway. So it was in the campus where, itself. Yeah, inside the campus there, where the um, I think the, the rugby league grounds down on yep. the bottom. Yeah, that's where they play now. Yeah, that was our field. Yeah. And you spent a bit of time there, and we'll get into that now, but um, what were your first impressions um, of the club? You know, um, the committee, um, the colours that you played in and, and, uh, and the players that you first met in those first, that first season? Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a, a very uh, friendly club, um, very, very uh, small committee yep. uh, with a you know, group of players and, and Peter Bannister. Yep, and um, yeah, still miss the guy greatly. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about him because he's a special man and um, and deserves a bit of time there. And and then you've had a quite a bit of interaction um, in your time there. So in that time, um, what did you think of? You know, you were playing in that second and third tiers of state league. Um, and, and uni at the time, I think we're in the first division first or the division. second tier of yeah, of um, the Illawarra Soccer Association's competitions. So, what did you think of of the standard when you when you were playing in that first division? Right, um, I think it compared pretty much the same. Um, yep. From what other games that I, I saw, I would have thought like the um, the Balkan Hills third tier up there would bring on a par with, with Premier League. Yeah, so, Down here, yeah. So yeah, I found I found it a little bit a little bit easier to to hold a first team spot. I was sort of in and out of first team and, and reserve grade up at Borkham yeah. Hills, but yeah, held down a first team spot at uni, and yeah, managed to managed to bang a few in. And so were you playing in um, uh, white socks, blue shorts, yeah. white shirts with a blue trim? Yeah, yeah the um, the shirts were long sleeve the long yeah. sleeve white shirt with a two double O. Yeah. <laughs> which had a picture of a black vinyl record on the, on and, the chest. And for, well, we, we, me and you were a bit older, and yeah. we know what a telegram is, but um, <laughs> for the listener, that's a radio station. Yes, that used to exist. Yeah. Um, I think it might have just switched over to FM yeah. for a couple of years at that point, um, but the radio, we'll leave that for the radio historians. And, and yourself, um, who was coaching that first year when, when you joined them in '84? Um, first year there was Albert Nascimento, yep. um, who, unbeknownst to me, <laughs> was a very outstanding goalkeeper. <laughs> that the season I got there, he decided he was playing himself up front, um, and I think it took us 
most of the season. So he was playing coaching. Yeah, playing coaching. And then one of his selections was pick himself, him, not yeah. in goals, where no, he was very good. Pick, was himself, pick himself as number nine, that's right. <laughs> and so were you playing up along yeah, with him? Yeah, probably and then, as, a, as a wing role sort of back then, I, I'd imagine, yeah. And so once you... Um, got within the confines of the club and people were comfortable, you then found out this information that yeah, the yeah. coach is sort of uh, yeah. playing himself where he shouldn't? Um, I think, but not so much where he shouldn't. He still, he, he went all right. He did okay, he could, but he, he could was play on the probably field. better yeah. for the team in goals. Yeah, yeah. He was probably a better goalkeeper than the one we had. And later in that season, we, um, we actually, uh, the second half of the season was a big turnaround. I think we were struggling the first half. Yep. And it coincided with a couple of things. Albert going back in goals, yep. um, the arrival of a, another young bloke by the name of Adrian Austin. Wow. <laughs> he lobbed in and played the second half of the season with us. And that, yeah, that turned the season around. Um, we had a, a very, very, very good second half of the season. I, I did um, in some of the... Uh, um, I've got a boring life and um, some of my uh, hours spent in the library uh, on microfish. I had seen something there and um, sort of took a double take when I was reading it. So um, do you know um, how that transpired, that um, he uh, played with you guys in, in that 84 season? He was good friends with Jimmy Davkovsky, yep. or Dimshi, as everyone would have yep. And that's uh, Jason's dad, who's now coaching at, at Coromel. Coromel. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Jimmy, again, was mates with Albert. So, yep. so Jimmy's... They dragged him along, and uh, I still remember the first day he's, he's lobbed in at the, the home game. It was his first game. He's walked into the, the change room, happy as Larry, just sat the bag down, good morning, lads. <laughs> and, and away we go, yeah. And uh, I still to this day have never been on a football field with someone has hit the ball as hard as I've seen him as, have as a shot Adrian, on, as a shot on naughty, goal. Naughty next, as he's known. Yeah, 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 next to me up front, and just he's hit this ball, and it's just... Unbelievable. Okay, that's that's what the pros hit the ball like. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, delving that in, delving into that a bit more, it must have been a great experience for the team and the whole squad to have someone of his uh, abilities. Um, it was like, uh, I guess, here me and you were here on the weekend when Scott Chipperfield, yeah. Um, yeah. for whatever rhyme or reason, um, was humble enough to spend yeah. seventy minutes on the bench yeah. and then come on in the last twenty. Um, doesn't have to prove anything, and I guess it was the same for Adrian that yep. you know he, he could have yeah. doesn't have to play, but seems humble enough to yep. to play with a first division club yep. and um, be part of the team. Yeah, oh, it was uplifting. It, it was it was great. Everyone was just buzzing that yeah we were playing 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 with an ex Socceroo, and I mean at the time it was um, I think he'd just come back from. The US was his, his last professional gig, Tampa Bay Rowdies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he played at Arsenal, Luton, and then a stint in the US, and then University of South Wales. <laughs> I mean, sorry, University of Wollongong. Wollongong. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, great, great memories of that, that, that season. Was um, Port Kembla were the runaway, runaway leaders. And yeah, I think they got promoted that Yeah, they promoted that year, and they played the out of that little tiny field over at Coomadichie. Yes. Yeah, Peace Park it's now called, but they had the Mercury down there for the photo. If they won the game against us, they'd clinch promotion. And unbeknownst, we uh, spoiled the party. So the <laughs> champagne was on ice. We, uh, a, a victory we, we never saw coming. It only stayed off a week later. They, they yep. clinched their promotion. But, yeah, that was a... Uh, uh, a 
memorable game in university history was, was that game down there at Kumo where we uh, stopped Port from getting... Most definitely, and, and I think uh, a lot of people, um, it's great that you can uh, tell that story, not story, tell the history there yeah. of, of the club and and a bit of uh, a slice of Adrian's history as well mm. because um, I think it says a lot about both clubs, uh, both parties there, yeah. um, and, and it's definitely something that... Um, People wouldn't know about. I don't think mm. it'd get people at a if there was a local Illawarra soccer history uh, pub quiz. Um, people <laughs> would say uh, if it was a true or false. Did Adrian Alston play with Uni or Wollongong Soccer Club? They'd say false. So um, false. Yeah. it's fantastic. So obviously you enjoyed that year immensely and, and stayed on up until '93. But uh, did Albert stay on the next year or? or um, no, no. Um, I think it coincided with Albert sold up his um, newsagent business at Kaima yep. and moved to WA. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think he was also um, working with, I think it was Craft. He was a salesman. Okay. So he had a salesman's job, running a, a newspaper. And then business. Who, yeah. who took over? Uh, I think that was um, Ian Mobley. Okay. Yeah, from Kaima. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so I think 85, 86, yeah, yeah, at least those two seasons was Ian. Yep. Yeah, and, then and so what were those two seasons like? Because um, uh, from what I can gather from newspaper reports and, and seeing the statistics in terms of table position, it seemed that university were always competitive yeah. um, and then built up a, a good couple of years in that late 1980s to then have a, pre- a year in Premier League in 1990 so um, is that how you saw yeah. it progress that yeah. uh, over those over those years you had Ian in the next two years so did you you saw were always competitive yeah it was um, sort of a transition period that when I first got there in, in 84 there was a, a few older guys that were now playing reserve grade yep. and the guys playing first grade were quite a lot of them were still ex-students okay they graduated yep so they were in that mid-twenties and that's age range culminated yeah by the, when we did you know, have a successful season we won that grand final in, in 89 yeah we really only had two current students in the in the team oh wow yeah quite a few graduates yep. yeah and a couple couple of blokes that they wouldn't mind me saying probably had trouble spelling university. <laughs> and, and well, yeah, we so won't we, name we always, them. No, we always, we always had a joke about that. That was the secret of our success. We had no students. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess um, those next three or four years, um, where you became, uh, you know, a, a top end, top end of the table in the first division club. Um, what sort of um, games stick out in the memory or? Or, or periods of time where, in terms of, you know, can you name some of the players that played in those next three or four seasons um, that were consistently there? Yeah, consistently there. Um, I think uh, when Brian Midgley came across to be player coach, I think I think 87 was his, yeah, his first yep. year, so he brought a couple of players with him, um, Greg Loudett and uh, Ralph Schmidt, yep. and they certainly put a hell of a lot of... Uh, Backbone in, into the side. Yep. Yeah, I think uni for many years had been too nice. Okay. Yeah. I mean Peter, Peter Bannister. Yeah, Banno was always keen to win the uh, the fair play award, award. which we, we did season after season. I think. 
Yeah, but then uh, when Ralph and uh, and Loudon arrived, it was time to get stuck in, and I think we'd be. Yeah, we and under Brian as well, there was yeah, more oh, yeah, a, Brian, a tougher approach. Brian was himself an extremely tough player. Yeah. So was he player coaching? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, player coach. I think he played at um, Fernhill. Yep. in the Premier League and then yeah, came came across to us. So in that 87, 88 years, um, how would the team roughly line up um, that was sort of consistently there? Um, yeah, Greg Lauder across the back, uh, Gary Day. Um, yep. uh, in the middle of the park would have been Ralph, uh, Bo Music, yep. um, myself and uh, Brian up front and... Yeah, the couple of names, the other names sort of escaped me, but they're the standouts. Yeah, they, yeah. They, were there for the, they were there for the the, f- the full th- three years till we went through to that uh, the grand final winning side of, of '89. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about '89. Um, so had Brian moved on no. in '89, or no, he was he, still he, coaching? He, he was still he was still coach. Yeah. And so was this his second or third year? Third, third year, I think. So yeah. obviously there'd be some consistency in terms mm. of the squad. Yep. Um, himself as coach, Bano um, was still around. So yep. you've got some stableness there. Mm. Um, the players, like you said, were in that right age age yep. group. Experiences had built up. Um, yeah, talk us through that that season of of eighty nine. Eighty nine. Um, in a word, wet. Yep. The beginning of that season was uh, famous for. I think some clubs hadn't played a game by round five. Wow. Um, Oak Flats, being down in Shell Harbour, hadn't um, missed a game. So I think they had uh, a massive 15, 18-point lead on, on the rest of the, the competition sort of halfway through the first round. Reserve grade was cancelled. Yep. Yeah, they cancelled the so res- much yeah, they cancelled the reserve grade about halfway through the season. They just said, that's it, you'll never catch up. Yeah, so they cancelled that. And uh, slowly but surely, we... We caught Oak Flats yeah, throughout the season. And, yeah. and what do you think, um, had something changed from the previous two years or do you think it was just an incremental increase in, in knowing what Brian wanted, the players getting better and you just worked hard and, and played well and, and, and did well? Yeah, I think that, 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 was, the, that was the key, it was stability in the squad. Um, you know, Bruno Laddick had been in goals for yeah, a few seasons. Uh, trying to think if there was only a couple of new players. I can't remember. Yeah, no, I think just about everybody had been there for a couple of years, and who, other than the, the two young kids, which I'll talk about. Oh, well, um, let's talk about right, it. So the two young kids, um, one happened to be uh, sitting in the, the front row of uh, my lab at... Port Kemba High School when I first got there. Yep. And uh, by the name of Ian Morris. So, uh, yep. yep. His, uh, his I was mom. about to say, um, leading leading you towards that because someone had to bang the goals away. Yeah. Um, I think between the three of us that season, I think I, I put in 14 or 15, Ian put in probably more than that, and even Brian Midgley put in four or five. Yep, so we joked that Brian was ahead of his time. He, he played played three up front, and uh, that was the only spot on the field that he could pick himself. He sort of played himself up there, and Ian and I running at either side of him. But now Ian was in. So that, that's how Ian got to the yeah, club. Yeah, he was um, in my year eleven class at school. Year eleven school. class. Yeah, and he uh, wanted to concentrate on his on his HSC. Yep. So he, I think he played. Uh, with Warilla up until juniors, yep, and then was 
then was not going to play. And then I think his, his mum said, "No, you can, you can, you can play with uni. You can play with Brendan, and uh, as long as you study, stay, stay up." And uh, I used to go drive down to Windang, pick yep. him up, pick him up from home, drive him to training, and uh, drive him back home again afterwards. Um, and his mate Lee Smith. Yep. Yeah, Lee. So, so Lee was also in that that squad. Yeah. So. And what did um. At the start of the season, uh, what did Brian think about bringing this guy to the club? Did he did he know? Did you think um, like I think you might have maybe seen him out in the playground playing or whatnot? Sort yeah. of noticed, but did you yeah, he, did he notice straight away um, he, his yeah, ability and, he played, and what he'd bring? I think he played uh, youth grade that first game that he played with us, and then. Brian was there and he was on the bench for first grade that afternoon. Yep. I don't think he played youth grade again Didn't that, that season. No, no. Ian was just, inc- for, for those that have played play with him or against him, just incredibly quick over those first yeah, 10 well, metres. Let, let's talk about it. Was it just his quick, just his turn of pace or or speed or, or what, what was it about his game that made, um, well, he scored goals obviously, but made um, him a, a good player, a very good player? Um Read the game, read the game yep. well, but yeah, you can't you can't beat speed, yep. and particularly the acceleration over those first ten metres. Ian was lightning, and yep. once he got once he got a sight of goal, bang, he, he could he could he could put it in the net. Yeah. And he was very good in the air as well. Ah, uh, not not, not as, as much. Not, not as much. No, he jokes about that for for someone as as tall, tall as he as was. Him. He said, "No, hopeless, can't hit a ball." So that's pretty much the four three three worked in the sense that um, you and him were either side of Brian. Yeah. Um, and then in the midfield, who who would was been, uh, delivering the service to you been, guys? Uh, Ralph Smith. Yep. Bo Music and Anthony Timolero. Yep. Yeah, he was the other young boy. He was still at school at Edmund Rice. So we had. Two 17-year-olds, two uni students, and a, and a rest of a bunch of old heads. And that obviously was a good mix. So, yeah. so where did you end up in the table? Uh, finished second behind Coromel. Yep. So as I said, Oak Flats had that massive lead, but slowly but surely, Coromel and, and, and uni, we, we caught them. Coromel ended up uh, winning the, 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 the premiership, yep. and uh, they were keen, keen for the double, but... Um, yeah, we, we triumphed in the grand final. Yeah, yeah let's, let's talk about that. And I think you might have uh, played each other in the semi-finals yep. at South Coast Croatia's ground as well. Yes. Um, in the normal league season, um, how did the results pan out against the, the Coromel Rangers? Um, I can't actually remember, yep. Travis. Um, yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, yeah I can't remember. But if we you split played them. each other in yeah, the semi, yeah. and then the semi-final got through to the grand semi-final. Final they 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 smashed us literally and figuratively off the park. Yep. It was four nil, and that was at South Coast. At was South it? Coast, yeah, up at uh, McLennan Park. Then yeah, it was four nil. We we're never in the game, and and uh, I actually came off second best with a, a collision with goalkeeper Shane Hawkins. Yeah, and. Uh, Dis- dislocated and ripped a couple of ligaments in my shoulder. Yeah, yep. so <laughs> I was uh, very sad and sorry at the end of that game. Managed to make a full page in the Mercury, though, so there must have been a lot of uh, news that weekend. It was a full page in the Mercury, about four photos, and the headline was Teacher Learns Lesson from Heavy Keeper. Wow. <laughs> I haven't seen that one thus far, or I'd, I probably wouldn't have posted it anyway unless I asked you first. Yeah. But, so... Um, who did you play to then get back into the grand final to, to play against them? Uh, Oak Flats. Oak Flats. Yeah, so Oak Flats in the... Uh, and did you miss that Oak Yeah, Flats I missed game? that game, yeah. I was, but were uh, you back for the grand final? I managed to get the arm arm taped up 
and sat on the bench, came off the bench, and I put the corner in that bounced off Gary Day's face for the winner. Yeah, so. Because that's, um, uh, and I've seen it a couple times, and it just gives me goosebumps. Um, there's, a, there's a picture that was taken, uh, I think I might have posted it on um, the Football United versus Soccer City uh, uh, social media pages, but there's a picture where, and I think we're at Memorial, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Yep. Memorial, the grand final. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So in a sense, it was Coromel's home game. Yeah. Um, but that's where grand finals were played. So I guess you guys, that was another sort of battle to come up against. But there's a great picture um, of of that winning goal where the cameraman sort of angled behind it, maybe on the grandstand side, and then I think most of the university supporters were up that end, and then um, yeah, the goal has either just gone in or whatnot, and the people behind are just raising their arms and then a couple of the players are doing the same. So uh, what was the score at that point? Uh, 2-1. 2-1? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we had a, a scrambly goal to take the lead just before half time. Yep. Uh, no, midway through the first half, I think. And then there's the famous penalties. Yep. Um, so, for, yeah, for those that are not, not aware. So it was 1-0 at half time to you guys? Um, just trying to think. No, 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 it was still... Um, it was one all half time. Okay. Yeah, we, we scored a little bit earlier, yep. and then, then then the famous penalty. Yeah, for those that not aware, there was a, a free kick given to uh, Coromel out wide. Yep. And we've listened to the uh, the game, the, the video of the game over and over again. Yep. And there's just as the Coromel guy is about to take the free kick, it's actually kicked the ball. Whistle has gone yep. to take the free kick, and for some reason. Um, Ralph Smith has just heard that whistle that split second after the guys kicked it, thought the whistle went to stop the game, and he's yep. caught the ball in the penalty box. Wow. <laughs> and penalty. Uh, but then... Uh, so that made it 2-1 to Coromel? Uh, no, it won all. Oh, that, it was, that was their equaliser. That was, that yeah. was their equaliser? But, but the penalty actually was retaken three times. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah Bruno, Bruno saved the first one, but then got pinned for moving. Right. Uh, save the second one. And so I guess collectively, and including Bruno, it, you guys would have been upset at that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not just the way the penalty no. happened, then yeah. the save and then the retake. To save, so. it, to save it three times, yes. Yeah, so they changed penalty takers after two misses. <laughs> so the second one was um, redone for the same reason? Yeah, so then he was carted there for moving, and then he moved again on the third one. So by the letter of the law, he probably should have. Should have been or could have been sent off, but then uh, Coromel converted with their fourth penalty attempt to make it one all. Yeah. So that's a bizarre, uh, <laughs> bizarre sort of sequence of events yeah. to, to lead up to an equaliser. Yeah. So that's when um, the winner was scored when you were Second half you came off. off. Yeah, came off. Yeah, uh, Daniel Daniel McGoldrick was was playing. Who's now coaching Winuna? Yep. Yeah. So Daniel McGoldrick was was playing up front. Daniel actually hit the post yep. about a few minutes before yeah, I was substituted on for him. So he, he was that close to, to hitting the winner. Yeah, I think I came on with 15 minutes to go. And, or whatever. and, and what did you think um, physically? Do you think you, the adrenaline got you through? Oh, oh or? yeah. yeah. And, and, and the arm didn't move. It was, it was taped up. Yep. It was just locked, locked in place, the shoulder. Yeah, that, it was a bit of, a, bit of a, a waddle trying to run with sort of one arm. But yeah, I uh, got there. And so... Um, it ended 2-1? 2-1, yeah. And um, like I said, I'll, I'll try and find that picture to put in the graphic when I yeah. post this interview, but it, it must have been a sensational feeling to, um, you know, win and, and know that you're a, 
well, all things being equal with the uh, procedural stuff with the ISA that you would then be in Premier League the next year. Yeah, yeah, uh, euphoric, yeah, and um, yeah, Peter Bannister had actually jumped up and smashed his head on the dugout when uh, we scored the first goal. So he was wrapped up like the Easter Bunny with a bandage around his head. He didn't end up, didn't end up going to hospital till about 11.30 that night. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we had a big, big party down at Trang's. Down was that the watering hole? Or yeah, uh, Illawarra Hotel. Okay. Yeah, we used to go to there. Yeah, they, they sponsored us, so we'd go to the Illawarra Hotel. And across the road, yeah, we had a night out for, for tea over at Trang's. And Bano's wife finally convinced him to go to hospital about yeah, nearly midnight that night to go and get his head stitched up. Cause he, and what did the rest of you guys continue on yeah, until the wee hours? Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your shoulder? It didn't matter at that point? No. Nah, the season was done? No, nah, the season was done, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it did, didn't require surgery. Yeah, was, and so what, what was the... Um, feeling in the squad coming into that um that 1990 season um, because you had done quite well yeah the top yeah. two team with you and Coromel and and um I think it was the first time in university's history, history. yeah that they yeah. were in the uh the Premier top League. tier so it must have been I guess round one um even though maybe the season didn't end up the way you guys wanted it but uh, come round one it must have been a proud moment for yeah. everyone involved yep. because you've been together for a little while yeah yep yeah, yeah, Brian. Brian was still coaching pretty much the same squad, and we just found the uh, the difference in playing. Yep. Yeah, the level was a, a little bit. I think two two wins and four draws. Yep. was our, our result for the season. And, and and how was that though? Was it still uh, satisfying for yeah. you individually to yeah. to give yourself a crack? Yeah, yeah. I think at, it, at, at Premier League level, yeah. and, and for some of the other guys as well, because yeah. you just had earned it. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we, we'd earned it, and um, yeah. Everybody sort of learnt from the experience. Yeah, it was a, a, a realization of yeah, yeah of the, the better level of football of that some of those players in that, that next level were able to you know, to put in. And and, uh, and what about um, the club atmosphere? It still would have been still pretty good, wouldn't oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah. had changed there no, nothing, socially. No, nothing had changed. You no. know, sometimes winning and losing can slightly impact on it. No, it made made. No difference. Uni had been, um, for many, many seasons, a successful year was avoiding relegation in whatever league they were in. <laughs> so it was no different. Yeah, and yeah, we, we, we resigned ourselves. If we got relegated back to the first division, as it was called back then, it did, didn't matter. And even though um, it would be probably assumed um, no one was getting paid no. at university. No, uni, uni is a co- completely amateur club, or always has been. Yep. Uh, to this day, it still is. Um, and, yeah, so that made it a little bit harder competing with some of the teams that yeah, had, had paid players. Yeah. And did you think um, coming into that 1990 season that you potentially might um, lose lose a player like Ian? Um, eventually, yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. But and he stuck around for he that stuck, season? He won, yeah, he stuck around with that season. He played with us in Premier League that season. And then the, the, the following year, yeah, he went and played with Olympic. We, we were relegated back to, to yep. First Division and, and yeah, he was asked to go across with um, yeah, the, the Olympic squad there and uh, went on and played then with State League with uh, Macedonia and eventually a few, uh, few seasons with the Wolves. So, yeah, yeah. yeah bigger and better things. What about yourself? You um, had another couple of seasons after you got relegated, another three, you know, yep. 91, 92 and 93 as a player um, with uni. Um, you obviously enjoyed it there, but um, at the end of that 93 season, um, 
uh, called it quits was there was there any reason behind it or you just wanted to try something else or um, or was it age or no not so much that it was the it, I was player player coach for those three years uh, so yeah so Brian Brian left after the, the, the relegation the season yeah the Premier League season yeah, yeah so he, he'd had enough and, and is that something that you wanted to do that you actively put up yeah, your hand and spoke yeah. to Bano and said hey yep in um, 89 I uh, did my first uh, coaching qualification which way back then was the level two uh, and, um, and I'd, I'd done that through the school school sport yeah because yes yeah, through the the, uh, 1989, my first year involved with uh, sport at a, at a state level with combined high schools. High schools. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, and I that did was that. obviously something um, that you wanted to, to yeah. do in your mind. And yeah. Yeah. Improve, improve my knowledge of the game. So I'd, uh, I did the level three. Uh, yeah. University put me through the level three course in 90, yeah, summer of 91, 92. Yeah. Um, and also over that that summer, I was assistant coach with the Wolves youth team in the mm-hmm. old the old NSL. Chris James was the the coach then, and he was the we had a director of coaching for that was the Illawarra Soccer Association back then. Yep. Yeah. So Chris was our director of coaching of Illawarra coaches. He was coaching the Wolves youth team, so I assisted him. I did my level three. And was that just a relationship you had with Chris? And then Chris yeah, said, through, "Well, yeah, through school I need, sport, I need some help. Yeah. Um, do you want to be my assistant?" And yeah. Then, Yep. And so what did you, um, you know, like you said, um, and we'll talk a bit about it now, but you were obviously uh, involving yourself in the combined high schools mm. sort of um, stratosphere of, of coaching and being involved there. So obviously it was a, a passion that was taking off with you in terms of coaching others and, and individual younger people. Yeah, when I first started at uh, at Eldersley and you know, sort of told them that I was actively still playing and yep. at a reasonably high level the, the, it was actually on my staff the guy that had the it was, oh, what was it called back then I think it was might have still been Tasman Cup or it had just switched yep. over to might have just switched over to Commonwealth Bank, Bank. Yeah, yep. might have just switched over to Commonwealth Bank Cup so he, he said you want to take that team you can have them you've probably got a lot more of an idea than, than, than he had and, uh, and then had that, that for a few years coaching the, the same Commonwealth Bank Cup at Portland yep. High School and by the time I got to 89, I said, yeah, baby, I uh, yeah, should have a look at this, coaching you know, CHF level. And, and that was the uh, Illawarra region of CHS that you were coaching at that point? Uh, my, first, my first actual team I got was straight to the, the, girls, the girls' state team in 89. Oh, wow. So I was a, my first gig with anything to do with combined high schools was just a, as a selector at the girls' carnival. Yep. Yeah, so that was my first position. And the coach of the girls' team, uh, his wife was uh, having a, a baby, and, and it, it, it was going to be due. It was going to be due yeah, a couple of weeks earlier yeah. than they'd first planned, and that coincided with the national tournament. And so, there's a position here. Do you want to go as the manager? So they bumped the manager up the coach. I went as the manager. Yeah. So over and a that period was, that of was time, it. with your teaching, you'd obviously got that being yeah. bitten by the coaching bug, yeah. and. Um, and so it must have been pretty good then to, um, I guess, in that 91 season, have the start of three years at uni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how did you find, um, um, even though it might seem logical to answer, but what were the differences between coaching high school kids and, and men that, I guess, you'd probably been involved with yeah. for a long time as well? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there wasn't too much problems with um, player management at, uh, at uni. Yep. Um, the, the, depth, the depth of club is probably not there. Yep. Right? So pretty much the first grade squad picked itself. Yep. Um, and so there was no issues there. Not, it was not, more not just a lot. No. Working around troubleshooting Getting, when you had yeah, injuries and whatnot. Injuries and exams and kids that go home for the uni break in the middle yep. of the year. Um, so it's a different dynamic a very compared much, to other clubs. A very much a different dynamic. Yeah, actually, ah, that reminds me. We did have there was one year, one year in the middle of the eighties. Yep. That uh, Eddie Mullen. Oh wow! There's yeah, a name. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie came and coached, but he didn't last very long. He, he he couldn't handle that university dynamic. Yes, I think that must have been uh, in the mid eighties. That might have been eighty seven. Okay. He quit, and then Brian might have come in. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And university was the straw that broke the camel's back. Just the whole you know, the whole club just took off for yep. a, for a week of football and. And debauchery, <laughs> university, and and they were just gone, and they just came back on the weekend, just completely obliterated, and couldn't play, and that was it. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie walked. That was enough. <laughs> that was what. Because I think Eddie, he was well, Eddie had a few school. different gigs, and yeah, um, he was very hard school. I think maybe South Coast United, Rilla, and yeah. and different places. So um, yeah, it is a different kettle of fish. Very isn't different. It? Yep. But yeah. like I said, it. Did you enjoy those three years great. at uni? Yeah, great. And and playing coaching wasn't too much of an issue for you, or it's anyway. I'll tell you, it, it's difficult because the, the the pressure on a player coach is to perform, and and yeah, the microscope's on there. Yeah. Any, any mistakes and playing up front makes it hard as well because yeah, sometimes it's any anything you you muck up or miss is seen as wasteful and yeah and then you know, you're reading the right act of people that muck up and and you can't and, really yeah yeah so it, it does become read it out to yourself yeah yeah but uh the the moving on was was part of um the club was happy for me to continue playing yeah yeah but we wanted wanted a standalone coach. Yep, and, and you were enjoying yeah, coaching enjoy, and, 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 and you still wanted to play as yeah, well. Yeah, I wanted to play as well. So I, I, I then embarked on a few seasons of uh, going to a few different clubs to um, d- develop my coaching. So yeah. Bull was the first port of call with probably one of the best coaches around that time, John Frew. Yeah, so, and, yeah. and John was in the teaching fraternity yeah. like yourself. Yeah. Um, and I've spoken to him on this podcast and um, just... Uh, Highly intelligent man that seems to have a great demeanour about him as well. Yeah, yeah. So I certainly learned a lot from John. And and uh, and, and what what grade were you doing out of Bulleye? Um, just I was just playing, just playing yeah, reserve just, grade, just, really? just playing reserve grade, and and just from the sessions, just absorbing. Yeah, and I mean I talked to him a lot. Yeah, yep. said, yeah. So that's um, I guess not many people do that. Um, you know, actively while they still play sort of turn that part of the brain on and say well I'm sort of recording this stuff because I yeah. know John Frew's been successful and, and, and yeah. has done a lot in the game so um, did they find it a bit weird you turning up or um, I know John would have been open to discussing yeah. anything and everything with yeah. you but I'm sure you still had to perform in a oh, yeah. In, in, yeah. reserve grade of bull I was very very competitive yeah, top side and, and again in, in and out of the side it didn't worry me that much because uh, I was I was learning learning yep. the, the coaching side of things, um, and then the the following season, Barney King, first grade at 
Adapto. Yep. He got in touch and said, do you want to come and play a coach reserve grade? So how did you know um, Barney for um, him to contact okay. you? So um, I think our, our kids played basketball okay. from very little, early age. Yep. So, so with, uh, we sort of crossed through then. Yeah, I only ever managed to play against Barney, I think, in one... One Bampton Cup match. Okay. So he was still playing with Shell Harbour in those okay. days. Yeah. 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 Brown and brown and yellow stripes or something horrible. Yeah, it was, a, it was a different <laughs> colour yeah. one of those years. And, uh, yeah, because he was still playing Premier League. Yeah, so, so 95 was down there and I coached the, the reserve grade side. At, so what did you think about that? Because, um, you know, Barney's um, his resume is pretty strong to say mm. the least and, and John was. So I guess in those first two years of... Um, uh, and then, you know, when we talk about 96 that you've been at Lysart, yeah. um, you know, you, you probably had a good range of people yeah. to really uh, absorb and, and learn from. So what was, um, if you had to compare, um, I guess, John um, versus Barney, not in, you know, resume sense, but in how they coached, how would you describe that? Um, yeah, yeah, very, very, very different. Yep. Yeah, uh, John... John was um, very, very measured, yeah. and very quiet, quiet persona. So, yeah, just as just as players, you know, very, very different in, in their in their um, in their personalities. Yeah. So John was very much a, a quiet, well-spoken coach. Barney was very much a, a motivator. Yep. Yeah, enthusiasm for any of those knowing. Yeah, yeah, quite uh, verbose from the sideline. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, training was was hard, intense, but it was fun. I mean, yeah. he, he still got in and and and, and took the piss because yeah. <laughs> he could still play. Yeah. And and what about um, uh, some of the the players in in those two years at, at Bulleye and um, and Dapto that you enjoyed uh, uh, playing with? Oh, I guess you were still player coach at Dapto um, yeah. and and just played at Bulleye. But who were some of the players that you enjoyed? So playing in the, with? the reserve grade side. Yeah. Um, so it's probably the. Andrew Andrew Christie dog yeah yeah so yeah dog, dog and Abelai, I yeah. yeah yeah we we uh, we compared notes a lot on the bench yeah <laughs> so uh, and 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 um, Michael Grew okay yeah so yep. yeah so I've, I've been a good good friend with, with Grewy for a lot, long time and that's 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 where we, we first met there and uh, the Hammersley boys yep yeah yeah the young blokes and uh, um, I mean the f- first grade squad I think even a few games was um, the Bakers the Baker boys yep. yeah yeah but, yeah, and Adapto? Adapto. Um, yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember some of the names now, Adapto. Um, yeah, some of those escaped me. So, uh, they're only the one, the one season. I'm trying to, trying to remember. And, uh, and, and, oh, no, um, and they played... Sparksy, yep. Waller. Yep. Um, big boy up front, John... Yeah, his, his last name escapes me. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's been so many over so many so years. So was Adapto, uh, apart from... Uh, Playing, which you still wanted to do, was um, was more of being the reserve grade coach to, like you said, learn off Barney yeah, and yeah. and be part of his sessions and yeah. and be around him. Yeah, and develop yeah develop my coaching because by that time I picked up the the South Coast Schoolboy side in 1991. Yeah. So that's that's I've what had I mean. That's, that's happening concurrently while you're having your normal sort of yeah, ISA yeah. journey, ISA so journey to speak. And, yeah. you, you're coaching. Your local school and and your coaching the South regional Coast. side, yeah, yeah, different different kettle of fish. The representative football is one-off trials. You yep. pick a squad and you go off to a tournament. And so, so that's it, where it, yeah, it's not a developmental thing at all. It's you pick kids that have already got 
and to play us and just get them on the page and play a tournament and then they just move up the pyramid. And were you um, transferring things that you'd got off John Frew and Barney, for example, yeah, very into, much. Yeah. into your tournaments that you played with these talented yeah. young kids? Yeah. yeah and um, Or young men? Yeah, and fortunately enough, when I'd, I'd done the Level 3 coaching course, the presenter there was, was Casey. Yeah, so you know, Casey De Bruin was you know, probably the, still the best fo- football knowledge of anyone I've ever come across. Um, and... Yeah, having had him at, on those couple of courses I did with, with him. Yep. Yeah, so it all, all gels. Yeah, you, you, grab, you grab sessions from people, you grab yep. outlooks from people, you grab different aspects of different formations from, from various and, people. And, and is that how you then went across to Lysarts? As yeah, yeah. So um, when that, oppo- yeah, that and opportunity... And was that just a player or was that a coaching position? Uh, I, I played reserve grade. Yep. Yeah, uh, Bruno German was the reserve grade coach. But um, but again, you Casey should... Casey had me in there as in a sort of an assistant role. Yeah, I'd um, I'd go down one end of the field and take all the all the defenders. Yeah, uh, and he says yes. I go, want you to go. Want you to go and do this with all the defenders. Bang, and yep. I'd I'd go and do that. And then yeah, he'd, he'd do something else with with, with the strikers and midfielders. Or and what made him such a uh, knowledgeable and and very good coach? Because he had a successful period there amongst others. Um, you know, I think at Unidera and, and had a very good playing career as well. He he, he told us on the, on the course, go and learn. Yep. He said I uh, I didn't know a lot about the game yeah, as a player, hard man. Yeah, yep. And he um, he said I just went and learned. So he went and did his, his level one, level two, three, whatever. Then he went to went off to Oceania and did some some FIFA FIFA yep. course. So he said, yeah, you just go and learn from from others. Yeah, never stop learning. And what was his style of play at Lysarts? Because I guess you saw um, exactly what they did. Um, what was yep. their style of play that made uh, them a successful team in that period? The, the style of play was very much a, a attacking and very fast ball movement. Yep. Yeah, it was it was uh, hammered India. Yeah, very limited touches. Yep. Yeah, but you want one or two touch football as, as, as much as you can. Yeah, and it was, it was uh, at that stage um, a three-five-two yep. yeah, yeah, system with, with win backs, and uh, yeah, we had because uh, yeah. uh, usually in that period as well, Lysarts were very successful in all three grades as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, we won. I played. We won the uh, won the grand final in uh, reserve grade. I think the uh, youth grade side lost in the final, yep. but it probably won the comp. And first grade won the competition that year, but got beaten by Port, Port. in the grand final of '96. Yeah. Yeah. And so you would have um, been around some uh, younger players that went on to bigger, better things, such as Noel Spencer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you had Warwick Young in goals yep. and whatnot. Warwick. So it wasn't just a matter no. of um, you know learning off Casey, but no. you had some other so people some great that you players. Can... Yeah, I mean Warwick, yeah, absolute professional. Uh, yep. Yeah, played played in the NSL football with the Wolves for many years. Yeah. Um, John Danzo and Steve Krishna up front for first yeah. grade. Jeff Allport, um, Hollyfield yeah. as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, Mike Hollyfield. And never, never seen anybody was as good a left foot. Uh, it, was, yeah, it was a, it was a great squad. It was a very good squad. And so, after that, you um, then went back to, back to your, I guess, your spiritual soccer home, if, yeah. if that's, if yeah. that's fair enough to say that. And and that was as the first grade coach. Or, or no, just a player. Just as a player. Yeah, just a player. Daniel McGoldrick was coaching. Yep. Um, it was Ian. So, so Ian again you... was on the phone and said, I've had enough. I, want to go, I just want to go back and play. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to go back and play at uni. 
And I said, yeah, fi- okay, fine. So we so hooked up more, there. So it was more that call yeah, rather than yeah. McGoldrick but saying, hey. No, 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 was Daniel, just... was, oh, Daniel was over the moon for us to lob up. But then uh, things didn't pan out because um, Ian was forced to sit out the season. Okay. Yeah, and he was still under contract with uh, Olympic. Olympic, yep. Yeah, and um, yeah, they didn't want to release him. And, and what about yourself? You'd spent, you know, three years as, um, you know, like like we said, concurrently you're coaching CHS rep yeah. sides in tournaments and um, and coaching at these sort of reserve grade levels or, or involving yourself to learn. So um, you're doing no coaching, but that sort of began because you wanted to play with Ian again yeah, yeah. and just yeah, give it a rest for the moment yeah. in terms of the coaching and you get your fix at CHS level? Yeah, we'd been, we, like I said, we'd, we'd, we'd been great mates since you know, 88 when I taught him, 89 in that yep. grand final. So, yeah, yeah, we'd been good friends for a long time. So that must be pretty special in, in some respects there that, um, you know, you know yourself, you could probably, and I'll, I'll ask you later on about, you know, some of the friendships you still might have today with different people that you've been involved in the game because I think that's an important part of why we stay involved. But it must have been... Uh, a pretty pretty nice inside warm and fuzzy stuff that a former student that I guess on weekends though you'd had a, a great relationship obviously there was a level of trust with his mum um, that year where he wanted to focus on his HSC so for him to give you a call yep. you might have stayed in touch obviously yeah, but still have. he was on a trajectory where he was a Premier League striker and a very good one so um, that says a lot about uh, the, the relationship that you've had with each other yeah, and to this day, yeah, we're still still good mates. Yeah, um, we have the, the, the our, our yearly teachers' golf day yep. yeah, is, is is much you know, looked forward to every year, and yeah, from from that season on, we we played played together at a few clubs and even over thirty fives for about six yep. years. We played down at uh, at, at Gerringong. Yep. but yeah, we got that call and yeah, he wanted to play, but yeah, the so following it must have been year he did. Pretty pretty sad for him. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it would have been, I guess, either pay a, a certain amount of money or you don't play. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. It was interesting because we had the uh, we had the university law students on the case. They'd written letters to FIFA, <laughs> saying that the, the, the another positive of being yeah, involved at the university. university yeah, club? yeah. To their reckoning, he was a free he was a free agent from yeah, whatever the time frame was. But uh, as as things panned out between the I think it was still the I might have been the IFA back then yeah yep. they've changed their name but yeah, the IFA still um, cited on on uh, with, Olympic with, with Olympic that said yes no he either plays there or uh, or he sits out the season and so Ian, did he Ian still, chose to sit out still, the season did he still hang around the club yeah. that year yep yeah. yeah. wow yeah he just chose to sit out that season well I guess it's one of those ones where um once the uh, other club, even though a contract had been signed, and I'm not yeah. taking sides here, but you know, you either once you've made that decision to say, "Well, I'll sit out," well, you're not going to go back, are you? No, 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 man of his word. Yeah, and uh, so the following year in '98 was was awesome. Yeah, yep. yeah, back playing again, we had a great time. Yeah, and and what about yourself? You, you obviously got that coaching fix from the CHA combined high school side of things, um, but um, yourself, you obviously. You enjoyed being back at uni after yeah. three odd years uh, elsewhere yep. learning. Yeah, um, uh, and it was just like, just like coming home. Yeah, yep. same 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 mob running the show. Yeah, yep. and 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 was it only Peter running the show as sort of hand solo or? Oh, 
or, or was there a couple other people around or, or, or the way uni worked was more um, if you're around for three or four years you just helped out and were a committee person yeah. and a player yep yeah, yeah the, all, all the committee were basically players yep um, a long standing treasurer was um, Ken Dixon yep had sort of looked after the books for, for the club for about 20 something years uh, and, and Peter as, as, as president yeah. And and really, um, you uh, were a general committee member in the notes that you sent to me from the early nineties. Yeah, and you were a life member in in ninety four. Yeah. So um, you know, for you, it, it must just feel like I'm back. Um, yeah. We go and. Yeah, that is all, all. Yeah, it's 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 always been a big part of my life, and and I was back there again in you know, two thousand. 14. <laughs> and, and what about um, in terms of, because um, over time, it, you know, sometimes there's been some more bluer strips than, than the predominantly white that I used to, mm. and black, the blue shorts that you played in, but in terms of the ground, when, when did they uh, move to Coolabong, uh, uh, so apart from being with inside the uni campus itself? Yeah, so the... Uni campus was was ninety. We, we played on on the field one, the one that's now the the big immaculate cricket yep. oval um, rugby union. I think it's the union. Yep. Yeah, on, on oval one. So we we got to play there, um, and then the following two seasons we played elsewhere. Coolabong was being developed, so it wasn't okay. quite ready. So we had a year at Brandon Park. Oh wow. Yep, so yeah, it was not quite the same atmosphere with 30, <laughs> 35 people sitting in the grandstand <laughs> at, at Brandon Park. So we had a year at Brandon Park and we shared a year at Tarawana. Okay. So those two seasons was 91 and 92 and 93 was the official season opening of, of Coolabong. Yeah. So that must have been, uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming, a, a very uh, generous gesture on Tarawana's behalf yeah. to... Uh, to ground share there with you guys to help you out. Yes, yep. And And was it a bit weird at first in in those couple of years where you were playing at Brandon Park and and, and Tarawana there to think, what's happening here? Yes, not, not, yeah, and and even training facility-wise, we used to train on the half of field one, no goals, no yep. goalposts. So, so my introduction to coaching, <laughs> coach for two seasons without without a set of goalposts at training. So and you know, portable goals didn't really exist back then. So it was just a couple of you know, a couple of poles yeah, in yeah, the ground yeah. and cones and and, and do and the best we can. Yeah. yeah. So before we move on to um, after '98, you went to um, uh, Albion Park Soccer Club, which was I guess just before. Um, maybe a year or two before it went to Albion Park White Eagles but uh, about um, and about Peter Peter Bannister um, tell the listener a bit more about him because um, I'd met him several times in terms of um, A being a player first and then um, slightly a bit more interaction just that sort of committee to committee person talking to each other and, and I always found him um, very positive very enthusiastic always um, available, always willing to help, especially when you're an away team. Um, so can you give us a bit more of an insight in, into a man who um, had done so much for the game in the region? Yeah, he just lived and breathed football. Um, just a, a pure gentleman, if you had to, uh, to, to describe Peter, just a pure gentleman. Yep, um, And just work ethic beyond anybody else I've ever met. The entire 
facility up there, which is named the Peter Benefice facility. He, he built it every brick, yep. and, and uh, there was quite a few uh, working bees where all we, the players were allowed to do was uh, move bricks and stick them in piles or move sand, and, and Peter would, would would do everything. He was perfectionist, and yep. so everything was meticulous, and that was that was probably the the, the way he sort of ran the club. Yeah, yep. yeah. And like you said, um, in terms of um you know his his uh, work ethic, but in terms of the club, he, he liked the club to be fair and, and yeah. win that fair play award. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but do you think he, one of his proudest moments among a lot of them would have been that um, eighty nine grand final yeah. and and then the promotion of being yeah. in Premier League? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a dream. Yeah, yeah to, to get to Premier League. Um, he uh, he had a vision, and and it was it was difficult because ground facilities and infrastructure and stuff it was always a case of if we do get promotion are we ever because where we played before there was yep. nothing yeah and down, down on a, the freeway you yeah and you needed so that, that was field things. one so even that that year in premier league where the put up and take down the metal fence that actually exists yep. around coolabong now yep used to be stored underneath the sports wreck yep we'd pick it up about seven or eight o'clock in the morning set it all up we there to be there till nearly six o'clock, taking and, it down. And he was there, and he, being he was a there part of every, that as every well. Minute, yeah, yeah. And and then he still played um, when you were around, and uh, I just missed him. You just yeah, missed him in '84. Yeah, he retired in '83, I think. Okay. Around there, he retired. I think he was he was uh, at least fifty. I think he re- yeah, yep. uh, he was still playing with the with the club up until he was fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, all I can say is. Um, a lot of people in the region uh, respect him deeply in terms of what he did and, and I guess um, it's quite obvious that he's uh, sorely missed by family, friends and yeah. and the and the soccer community as well as university yep. soccer or football club. Uh, so you had that year in 98 and, and got to play with Ian again, um, which would have been nice, and then you went to um, Albion Park Soccer Club. Uh, what was your position there? I uh, just played. Yep. Yeah, just played. So for those next few years, uh, Fotheringham and Morris was sort of a package deal. Yep. And, he, and he was the package, and I was the piece of string. And what was um, uh, what was the um, uh, colours of Albion Park Soccer Club, and and where did they play? Um, played at Terry Reserve. Yep. Yes, yeah, so we trained over at Croom Oval. Yep. I think that was the first season Terry Reserve had been used. Prior to there, yeah. they were playing at Croom, I believe, weren't yeah. they? Yep. Yep. So yeah, I mean it's a fantastic facility. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, uh, the colours of was it the white, green and yeah, shorts white and green. And yeah, white white shirts, green green shorts. Yeah. And and in terms of that year, um, you were playing with Ian, but who were some of the other players you were playing uh, with out in Park Soccer Club? Jeff Allport. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, Jeff Jeff was at the back there with us. Um, I'm trying to think of the Christian. I can't remember the last names. Yeah, it was yep. the coach's son. Um, I can't remember his name now. I see old age dementia sort of starting <laughs> to, to set in. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a, 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 a great, great year there. We and was that the old? Was that the first division or old second division you were playing in? Um, no, first. It was yeah, the first was, division. The first division, yeah, yeah. I think they had combined. They got rid of the old second division maybe a couple of years earlier. Um, mm. So yeah, you, you then uh, moved around, and then the next year you were at, at Balambi. Um, yeah, Ian. Ian, um, I think, signed at Dapto in yep. two thousand. Yep. And 
Bonnie was getting at it at uh, Balambi. I think he got on the bus. He said, come, come and play at Balambi. I mean, I was, wasn't in the coaching role. Yep. Yeah, I think um, sort of gave a bit of, bit of advice or yeah, a bit of, bit of yeah, assistance to, the, to the Jimmy. I can't remember his last name. Yeah, was, yep. there, was the coach there at uh, at Balambi Reserve? So grade. you were playing more reserve. Yeah, grade play, yeah, yeah, it's all reserve. Grade. I think I played one one game in first grade you know, at yep. the end of the season. That didn't mean anything. Yeah, at, uh, but again, just 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 learning yeah, from from Barney. From yeah. Barney. Yeah. And um, you then um, went back to um, Albion Park, but this time it was Albion Park White Eagles mm. as a as a player coach. So again, was this now back as an opportunity to coach now? Yeah, the opportunity to coach there um, only eventuated midway through pre-season. Yep. So Ian, Ian was signed back there again with, with White Eagles. Peter Willis yeah, was was coaching there. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, come down. I was only going to go down and train and see if I could get. Because were you starting to train with Blamby or you hadn't decided? Oh, what no, you hadn't, were doing? hadn't decided. And and, um, and I think um, Paul Kay. Yep. Was was meant to come down and, and coach reserve grade. Okay. Yeah, but then something something eventuated that yeah, work or family commitments that yeah, he had to had to pull out of that out of that job, and so then the the, the committee yeah offered offered it to me, and so yeah, and, and I'll, again, I'll, I'll pick myself every week. And, and again, <laughs> another another very good coach in in Peter Willis. Oh yeah, yeah. So we again just um, uh, finding out information and, and absorbing stuff from yeah. him. Yeah. So again, how would you describe his coaching style at that point in time? Um, again, uh, just thorough professional. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he'd, he'd, he'd come from yeah the, the youth system at Leeds United as an apprentice yep. and stuff. So and then National League with the Wolves and things. So anyone that's in involved, various positions yeah. in state league and, and anyone that's played football at that level, yeah, it's just had a whole yep. sense of prof- professionality to the way things are run. Yeah, sessions. Completely organised and yep. yeah, analysing the game was is, is very good at and yeah, again yeah, f- yeah, fast tempo and and, and 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 physical approach and yeah and, and I, I learned a lot yeah. and obviously uh, people like him um, obviously have that uh, ability and knowledge to to change with the times because he's mm. oh, yeah. still very successful yeah. at, as at this moment. Um, Topping the IPL with with Tarawana, with yeah, Tarawana. And, so and, um, in, in the years between, and, you know, he's, he's had successful stints elsewhere. Where with with and with the young kids' development, yeah, yeah. The, the football South Coast SAP program, academy program, and, and things. Yeah, so yeah, a man with a lot of energy. Yeah, who I'd love to to chat to it. So uh, after that, you then went back to Dapdo. Um, was that just another play with Ian? Another opportunity. <laughs> yeah, play with Ian. Yeah, that season lasted one and a half games. Oh uh, right. That's when I uh, did, did your ACL. Did my ACL in the uh, second game down at Shellhaven. Yeah, yep. In the reserve grade there. So, yeah, so that that was that was it. Two thousand and two and two thousand and three were yeah just yeah, missed the game immensely. And yeah. so did you think at that point, um, even though you're missing it, thinking well. Am I going to play again, again. Or, or is it is it more of a case of, okay, focus on my vocation, which is teaching um, and family life, and then maybe just do coaching only? Or were those the sort of thoughts you're having in your mind at that point in time? Yeah, a bit, bit of both, because yeah, by that time, 2002 was my first year with the um, New South Wales Combined High Schools boys team at a national 
schools tournament, tournament. as a yeah, I went as manager in 2002 and 2003. So yeah, it was, it was quite busy, and that was yeah, enthusiastic to to be involved at that level because the kids are great. But uh, yeah, I, I was on an R and whether to play or not. But I remember after the the twelve months after I'd had the the reconstruction on the knee, yep. up at Coolabong. Yeah, yep. just lobby in and, and train with the, the uni guys. I had to kick a ball around a bit beforehand yep. and do a little bit. and Just show your yeah, life member pass and just and yeah, come in and say, just, hey, just I'm just to play, training yeah. guys. That's what I said. Daniel, do you mind if I come in and just kick a ball around? Yep. Yeah, not a problem, yeah. yeah. And so you ended up then um, uh, playing a couple of years. Uh, half Olympic. At Half Olympic. Yep. So was that just more a group of guys that you had played with before and knew of? And yeah, and I hadn't, hadn't played with them. Yep. Um, I think, yeah, the c- connection there was just, uh, I think, through Ian. Okay. Because you know, Ian had played at Olympic and he said, why would you go and play with the Harp the the yep. boys? Because yeah, Ian was still playing there, yep. at, at top level. And I said, oh, it's, it, Willie's there. So, yep. yeah, so Peter, you know, Peter Willis and um, the uh, um, Con, cons, yep. Conspiro. Yep. Uh, who else we have there? Uh uh, oh, the twins, twins that played Olympic. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, they're, they're testing yeah. me now. Yeah, um, oh, so many. And but again, but it was a, bu- a good bunch of blokes. Yeah, yep. And 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 the knee sort oh, of. Cotamanitis, Peter. Yep. Yeah, Peter Cotamanitis. Yeah. So the knee slowly got into it as yeah, well. So yeah. um, it, it held. Yeah. And you were getting that sort of, um, I guess that fix. Yeah. Fixed in terms of playing. Yep. Playing as a player again. Yep. Yeah. So what about um. You then, then after two thousand four, two thousand five, they're playing amateurs. Um, uh, went down further down the coast, and and with Kaimer FC as a, a reserve grade player and a first grade assistant coach. So um, uh, again, who was the coach? The uh, Ian. Ian was. So Ian. Ian. That was Ian's one and only season as a as a coach, coach. At, at senior level. And so did he play that year? He as played. Well? Yeah. So that, that that was part of the thing. He said, "Father, come on, come and come and have a kick." Yep, we reserve grade and, and help me out with, yep. with, with sessions and stuff, and yeah, you and run the bench. Yep, for first grade when he played. So yeah, so sort of yeah, help help run sessions with him and uh, and pulled pulled the strings from the bench because he was out yeah, busy running around focusing on what on he did best. Yeah, and scoring goals. Scoring goals. Yeah. And so um, that was just the one year. Um, how did you find that in terms of um, your playing? Yeah. Um, would you take yourself off at half time as a reserve yeah, grade so, player? Yeah, sometimes, so yeah. Then halfway he'd through. then start yeah. warming up and then. Yeah, halfway through second half, yeah. Yeah, so that was it. He'd have, he'd have the squad down in the uh, in the change room. Yeah, sub off. Yeah, go and grab the stuff, do the warm up, and then sit on the bench. And, and so obviously, your existing relationship with him, which is very strong still to this day, um, was a big motivator, but. Um, uh, did you like that extra responsibility of that when he was on the field that, you know... Yeah. Making those decisions and, and being with him in that sense was, was, was good and challenging? Yeah, yeah, it was a challenge, yeah, because that's, that's probably the, uh, the first senior football coaching role that yeah, what didn't involve playing. Yep. Yeah, so even though he was the coach, it was... Yeah, I was still sort of pulling, pulling, the, the, pulling strings. the strings and yeah, analysing the game. And, and how did you find that year? 
very very rewarding. Yep. Yeah, because um, we 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 won the we won the league. Yep. Yeah, and and Kaima promoted to to Premier League, and uh, and um, unfortunately we got knocked out in the in the final series. But uh, yeah, Ian pulled the Ian pulled the pin the following year, and and, uh, and and we won't speak on his behalf. But um, maybe you've got some insight into that. Um, do you think? He just didn't want the the pressure of Premier League, or or, um, or, or no, I think it, because it, obviously it it worked. The squad was good enough. Yeah. But whether it was going to be good enough in Premier League is another thing. But obviously, you and him had a great working relationship. Time. It yep. was um, family time. Yeah, okay. I think his his, his girls had started um, full on dancing. Okay. So it was. Uh, Yep, the, the, dan- the, dance, as, uh, the dance circuit is a dad support crew rather than, just than football. The yeah. time is needed there, just like yeah. soccer as well. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that's a sort of, um, I guess, uh, an opportunity that, you know, he may think about. Um, but really, um, it was another a good opportunity for you guys to work together, and it obviously did work. Yeah. And what about yourself? Did you think... Um, even though he had to make his own decisions, which were right for himself and his family, did you think, you know, geez, I, I really enjoyed that. It would have been good to have a have a crack in Premier League. Yeah, yeah, probably. But uh, I was happy to go play again. Yep. Yeah. And you went back to went back and played half, half Olympic. Yep. Yep. So and then um, then had a few years at. Um, and I, the only reason I want to sort of gloss over. Your time there at, at Jeringong and, and Half from 2007 to 2008 is because I wanted uh, to 2013 was uh, more about um, uh, we'll finish off your playing career. You then went back as reserve grade player coach um, in 2014 and 15, and was that was that your last two years of of playing in itself? Yeah, yeah. Yep. 2015 was it. Yeah. So yeah, play play that year again with with the Harp. And then 2008. Had some good again. years in Jeringong. Yeah, Ian said, "Come on, let's play over 35s." And it was yep. great because it was Thursday night comp, oh, okay. so we played Thursday nights. Weekends free. Weekends were free, so they, 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 they were great. And we had a, one run at Champions of Champions, which was a bit of fun. But uh, yeah, and um, I finished up though playing at uni. I only went back again just to might just go down and run around and, yep. and train and, yep. and kick a ball at training. Yep. And. I think one first or second training sessions, coach called me over. It was David Watts at the, yep. at the time. Watts, he called me over and goes, you interested in coaching reserve grade? And I <laughs> went, oh, not really. I was just, just happy to, <laughs> to come to train and I wasn't even keen on, on playing. <laughs> you know, because by that stage, what was I? I was uh, 53. Yep. <laughs> but uh, they, they convinced me to... Sign on and, and yep. play a coach reserve grade in 2014 and, and 2015. So that's the last time you've played, 2015? Yeah, 2015, yeah. And it was just you thought, okay, I've had a good run at this. Ran out of cartilage in my right ankle. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> so same. The, the surgeon had a, a bit to say about that. Same as me, in, yeah. uh, I think it's my left and mainly uh, cartilage in my knees. Yeah. Um, so I'm not looking forward to later on in life. But can we talk a bit about... Um, uh, your coaching um, coaching days here because there's a lot to talk about so I don't think we can go into everything but if you just want to sort of cherry pick some some different moments that you've had and some different um, men and women that or young men and women that you've you've been involved in and 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 what you um, see as the benefit of of um, 
I guess, that sort of combined high school schools program. Right. Ah. I mean, yeah, I mean, CHS football has a, a tradition that goes back you know, a long, long, a long way. way. Yeah, yeah, hundred odd years of, of school sport, and there are so many socceroos right, yeah. that have that have come through the the combined high school system, um, and to work with the kids, you know, most of those are playing NPL twenties, NPL first grade, A League twenties, yep. yeah, and they are incredibly technically gifted yeah they're still young kids yep yeah and so, yeah, so they still make schoolboy errors as we, as we laugh about yep. in school football but yeah but it's just getting them together on the same page right and imparting um the knowledge that the you knowledge, build yeah, up knowledge about about being better people yep. yeah we, we often say to them you can all play Right. Yep. I've only got you for a week. I'm not going to make you a better player in a week, but yep. I'll make, I'll hopefully I'll make you a, a better better person yep. and we're going to gel as, as a unit and, and, and achieve something. And yeah. so uh, what a, over the period of time where you've, where you've had um, uh, different, different teams, how have you then approached it? Have you tried different ways of the best way to get a team to gel? Because obviously, apart from maybe some standout players in different squads that come together and play against each other, um, where you can't really do much about that. Most most squads are talented, so is it a matter of trying to get them to gel as quick as possible? Yeah, just a, a set pattern of play. Yep. Uh, explain that to them, that yeah, on, on the weekend, your coach might do it this way, you yep. guys over there, your coach might do it that way. Right? You're good enough, you can play different systems. Right. This is what we're going to do. Yep. Right? And so we're all on the same page. This is how we're going to you know, achieve this target of... you know winning this tournament or yep. progressing as many of you guys as we can into the next next pyramid be it yes new south wales all schools strain schools, schools. whatever yeah. yeah so do you think um do you think there that that's that's the beauty of it that a i guess you're working but you still get your soccer fix mm. um with some talented individuals yep um in in a sort of short, confined space yeah. of time short term yeah yeah yeah, you get to work. Is with it someone. a real buzz in oh, that sense? That oh, it is. Yeah, I mean, and I've been fortunate enough to yeah taken some of the Australian schoolboys tours around the world and, and yeah. So, can you talk about a couple of those um, uh, schoolboy squads that you've taken? Because you've, like you said, you've been everywhere. That you've gone to Fiji, New Caledonia, Japan. You know, you, you've you've taken you've been around the world really, yeah. and all around Australia. So is there a couple of highlights that stick in your memory for various reasons? Um, yes, there's uh, probably the very first, very first Australian squad I was involved with was um, the, the Shadow Squad. Right? Yep. So they usually name, name the full Australian schools team and then the, then the Shadow Squad. Yep. And they tried an experiment. They said, OK, let's, the Australian team was going to the UK for a full tour in January. Okay. So they said, um, we'll try and see how the Shadow Squad goes against New Zealand in, uh, in, in Brisbane, okay. the tournament was. So we had, we had two, two internationals against New Zealand schools. So it's like in, uh, I guess, cricketing parlance that it would be Australia and then you had Australia A. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So the, yeah, so the schoolboy A squad. And um, we managed to... We won the first game 2-0 yep. and were absolutely under the pump at, at uh, 2... Two one, yeah, two one, 
two one down in the in yeah. the in the second game, two one down the second game, and absolutely under the pump for the last fifteen minutes. Some young bloke by the name of Leo Bertos was running oh, crazy, wow. yeah, at, at that time. <laughs> and again, you look later and you look at the program and you go, "There he was." I go, "Oh right, yeah, but they, yeah, they did have some decent players, yeah." And that squad then went to Fiji. Yep. Um, and did you get to take them? Yeah, yeah, I got to take them to Fiji. Um, we didn't win a didn't win a game on on, on that tour. Yep. Um, we played against their uh, their national under twenty sides oh, wow. that were in in um, squad sort of stage of of, yep. of picking their final group to go to the World Cup. So we played a couple of games in Nandi, yep. and then we went across to Suva, and it was probably a diff- different bunch of players with a few that would have come across. So yep. yeah, they were, they were down to their last forty or fifty kids that they were going to pick. Yeah, so they're playing under twenty, so they're playing a couple of years above them. Yep. Yeah, our kids were only 17 or so 18. So still a great opportunity oh, yeah. for, so say, the shadow was, squad yeah. to still go experience, on a tour. Experience international football yeah, and, and tour together. Yeah, I mean, t- tourings, yeah, the logistics of aeroplanes and airports yep. and transport to games and arriving at, f- at fields where <laughs> it's still all locked up and, yeah, and <laughs> then the other team's been tr- warming up and training somewhere else. And so then, just yeah. not your normal challenges no, that no, you have? No, very different challenges. Yeah, so so those guys, yeah, that they struggled right, a little bit older and, yep. and more experienced players. At the time, we were still in Oceania, yep. so that's where we targeted the South Pacific for a few tours around yep. that time. Um, the f- in two, yeah, the following year, the end of two thousand, it was a different squad for ours that I took to New Caledonia and, and Vanuatu. That still a shadow team. Or yeah, yep. that was still a, sh- a shadow A team. Um, we played the seventeens New Cal, and they were pretty. Easy, easy victories, um, but we again in Vanuatu we played their their national under twenties squad yep. again with prone, uh, World Cup squads and two come from behind victories oh. and yeah uh, two one and a, and a three two right? and we played at their national stadium in, in Port Vila and followed by the traditional uh, circumnavigation drive through the streets of Port Vila in the team bus <laughs> hanging out the windows and tooting the horn as as we found out any national team. Does oh really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the bus drivers were all the locals. Yeah. So that was it. That's, that's their local tradition. After they win a game, yeah, through driving all through the streets of town, honking the horn. <laughs> so I guess, um, what do you think the main driver there for you is in terms of being involved of this level of coaching and this sort of tier of football? Um, still, it's a. a at whatever level, it's an honour to, to, to represent your country. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and those players, yeah, they, they are still... Nas- Cherish the jersey Cherish they that, that, they, yeah, that they, have, they have represented Australia at, at schoolboy level. Yep. Yeah, and, I mean, we, we'd love it to be as, um, as, as important or have the kudos that it does in, in the UK. Yep. Yeah, so when we take Australian schools tours to, to the UK, they're, they're, they're big events because they're, they're, they're schoolboy internationals. They're, they're all on their resumes. Yep. Yeah, and similar to us, they have different school systems. So we could play Welsh schools, Welsh colleges, okay. England schools, England colleges. Yep. Yeah, the big one is always England schools. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But they play at national stadiums. Yeah, they got, yeah, they got players that they wouldn't spent time at the, so the training did, facility. So you have so, done a couple of UK yeah, tours? Yeah, yeah, spent time at the St George facility, you know, England set up. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. So for you, it's, it's not just, you know, you get to coach against some quality teams and challenge yourself as a coach, 
I guess you're mentoring young young people as well, and then you're also sightseeing and yeah, and being sightseeing. involved in the the football culture there. Yeah, and 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 learning. Yeah, yeah you go either playing youth teams from professional clubs. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and again, yeah, it's just absorb. <laughs> and um, I'm assuming with the lead shirt that you got on that you're a lead supporter. Was there a chance to go to Elland Road at no, any no, stage? No, 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 I haven't been there. Um, one trip, the only trip up into the Midlands was we spent a couple of games in, in Birmingham. Okay. Yeah, on, that was yeah, the last tour of the UK I did, 19, uh, 2013 and 14. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've been a lead supporter of, since I think I first ever saw football on TV. Yeah, as an 11 or 12-year-old kid would have been Leeds around the early 70s, which, uh, yeah, they were the... A top Is side back then, yeah, yeah, and and so in EPL, EPL is Chelsea, uh, yep. but yeah. And again, that's from I took a uh, group of kids, a lower level group of kids. Yep. It was more a um, experience, bit of coaching, a few games, but we were based with Chelsea. Okay, in, that was in two thousand and two, and yeah, so that's where I've sort of picked up following them since since then. Yeah. And and in terms of, um, I guess. Um, in the last couple of years, you you've sort of turned your hand to to refereeing. Yeah. Um, it, it seems to me through this sort of last hour and a half that we've been talking that um, you know you definitely have a real zeal and, and and passion for the game, and and you love it in that sense. So, um, what brought about um, um, becoming a referee? And, and did you was it more of a they need numbers. I still want to be involved with the game, or had you had enough of coaching, you still get that fix at the CHS level? Um, yes, I, yes so, so still still involved with, with schoolboy football. Yes, yeah, so, so coaching there. But 2016, I um, I coached uni first grade. Yep. And at the time, most of the youth grade games were uncovered. Yep. And yeah, I think um, I said to Murray Doyle. Was that the president at the time I said, there's this level four referees course, I might go and do it. Yep. And then I can blow a whistle on, you know, on Saturday mornings if we, don't get, if we don't get a youth grade. Because it normally goes to yeah. a committee person yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, if yeah. there's not a centre. Yep. So, so I did the course and I did you know, home games of uni if, if, they, if they didn't have a referee appointed, a few under-18s games yep. on a Sunday morning. And the following year, I, the, I was, wasn't going to coach again. Yeah, it was yep. family commitments for other reasons. So the, the time impact of coaching twice a, you know, a week and the weekend. I said, well, maybe I'll just ref, just referee. Yep. It's only a few hours. So I've had uh, two seasons. This is my yep. third season now. And, yeah, I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, when you're in, the, you're in the middle of a good game, it's, it, it's good. It's, uh, yep. Often the first season I found myself almost wanting to kick the ball as it come towards <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be scared if I, if I did that. I've, I've sent it a couple of games, but I mainly do the line when yeah. I'm a committee person. Or, or, or tell them players where they should go. You know, <laughs> take my coach's hat and you know, you'd often bite my tongue. No, I, can't, I can't tell them what he should have done. Yeah, but uh, and, no, I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. And, what, and what about for you? Um, because I guess you'd been on the playing side, you'd been on the coaching side, you'd done committee work, and, and now you've seen, I guess, the four areas that make up our game apart from maybe running it at a district level but uh, what did you see there at the refereeing level that that um, you enjoyed and, and or you think that um, you didn't enjoy? Um, I think when you go back to when you played 
Yep. Yeah, you when you had when you had a referee that uh, really really sort of understood the game, let the game go, and you came off and you know, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yep. So that's what I I try to do. Yep. Right? Each each time I take the field now with a whistle, is yeah, yeah give you got to give the spec. I mean the persona is you give the spectators and the players the best opportunity to experience yep. the game of football. Right, so that, that's what I've set out to do. And as I said, yeah, when you when you get in the middle, the game of the weekend, which I coached, coached here, yeah. your, your club here with Balgani and Balambi on the weekend. Yeah, the football was football was great. High was high, high paced, intense, yep. and run around the middle of that. It, it, it's almost as good as playing. Not yep. as, not quite, but almost as good as playing. Yeah. So you're going to stick with refereeing for the foreseeable future. Uh, until the till the ankle gives out completely, yeah, yeah, it certainly <laughs> well, doesn't less, hurt. Less running, yeah, it doesn't hurt anywhere near as much as playing. I think, yeah, it was just kicking, kicking the ball and yep. jumping and turning just killed it. But running around the grass is yeah, still all right for another couple of years, I hope. And do you think, in terms of without uh, getting into serious issues of the game, but numbers of referees is one? Do you think um, if we try and get people more like yourself, former players involved in refereeing, that They'd realise that it is enjoyable, as yeah. you're speaking about now. Yep, yeah, for that sure. That it's not just one of, I guess, there can be, a, you think of the negative that may come with it, but there's a lot of positives as well. Yeah, yeah. Cause, I mean, certainly, yeah, it's an avenue to still be involved in the game that I don't think as many ex-players take up. I mean, we've, we've talked about this at, at referee level. Part of the reason could be the... Um, the number of over 35s competitions yeah. and now over 45s competitions you know, that didn't exist 20 or 30 years ago. ago. So quite a lot of more pay, people went into refereeing when they finished. Those avenues if, take away yeah, people that now may. They, now they keep playing if yep. they can. Yeah, so, so that sort of stops quite a few uh, old, old heads yeah, picking up a whistle. But, uh, still being involved But yeah, in the game. it's an avenue to still be involved with the game and, and what about get the paid re- to exercise. What about the refereeing fraternity? I have a lot of interaction with them. Um, on home games and get to know them um, they're just people like the rest of us so um, you know I guess sometimes there's that perceived nature of um, referees being different to us but they're not they're just great people like us mm-hmm. um, helping out in the game and, and doing their job so um, have you found the refereeing fraternity a great great bunch of people yeah yeah yeah, yeah, but, yeah but we as have, I have in yeah, terms we of have my a, committee work. We have, we, have a, we have a great laugh amongst ourselves and tear each other apart and yeah, we get back to the frat after after yep. the games on a Saturday afternoon for for a drink and a chat and yeah and it's yeah it's it's it's, it's no different to a club. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, a group of group of blokes doing a job and then yeah and again you always argue amongst yourselves that everybody's a better referee than everybody <laughs> else and yeah, who should be <laughs> we well, all then, should be getting then it's definitely no different. No, it's no different from, to to from players. A playing group. That's right. Well, if we um, sort of finalise this interview up, is there um, any sort of other um, coaches or committee people um, or other stories you sort of come to mind that you um, want to want to talk about, or or um, you're pretty content with? Uh, yeah, I think we've, we've covered most of them. I just yeah, I scribbled down a few bits and pieces. Um, I think my my involvement. Yeah, at, at the local level here for you know, 25 years I had the South Coast regional side yep. just means that any game I go to on a weekend there's usually f- you know, four or five people either playing in the game or they're coaching yep. you know, I, I rattle off some of the some of the coaches now at the moment that are, that are now coaching in our local league 
that you had involvement yeah, with. Yeah, they played schoolboys with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matty Bailey, yep. Steve Dimitrescu, Jason Davkovsky, yeah, Pegler, um, Brad Boardman. <laughs> and even your sort of, I guess, interaction with Jason's dad yeah, in yeah. the 80s as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and from the combined high school side of things, you look now at, uh, at any NPL game I go to, yep. there's... There's four or five you know, kids playing there, or A League games. Yeah, the last around. couple, of, yeah, the last couple of seasons we've seen um, Lachlan Wales running on there yep. with with Melbourne City, yep. yeah, and um, um, George George Blackwood, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it's great to see kids that you're involved with yeah, go on and go into those yeah. next levels. I mean, some of the professionals we had out of here you know, over the years, yeah, chippers for, for one, yep, yeah, and. Um, uh, I've written it down here, yeah, Stevie Labert, Michael yep. Sandalab, yeah, Brendan Sandalab, yeah, Matthew Nash, who's now the goalkeeper coach up at the Mariners, yeah, Baldacino in recent years, uh, yeah, go back, Noel Spencer, as you mentioned earlier, yeah, it's it's a, an endless list of, yeah, of, of, of great great kids and great people. And it must be, um, you know, a great feeling to um, see these uh, young people then succeed um, in, in this chosen field as well um, even though it is a vocation it, it's still a sport as well yep. so um, you know that must be uh, satisfying to some degree that you had involvement with them at, at a, a formative part of their life yeah for what whatever little little thing little I might have imparted yeah I think yeah most 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 players with their head screwed on will say that they just learn Lots of little little things, things on from the different way. coaches on the way. Yeah, some will have one one coach that has just you know, made a, a huge difference, or a mentor, yep. or whatever club. Yeah, yep. but uh, hopefully they learn learn something from everyone that they've been involved with. Yeah. I've, been, yeah, I've been involved with some fantastic players over the years. Yeah, yeah. and um, but it's interesting if anyone ever asks me who's the best player I've ever coached. Yep. I go, well, uh, 151 caps for Australia, 38 goals, four World Cups, two Olympics, Hall of Fame, FIFA All-Star 11, and appeared nude in Matilda's calendar, Cheryl Salisbury. Oh, really? There you go, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's a pretty good resume. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and what uh, period of time did you have involvement with her? 89 and 90 in the, yep. in the combined high school's state team. Yeah. yeah. And, and in terms of her... Um you know what? What made her the player that she was, even at that point in time? Oh, she, yeah, can, phys- you, physically she was just yeah, tall, yep. strong, uh, work ethic, yeah, head screwed on in terms of yeah, football, football yep. smarts, and just yeah, just really, really loved the game. Um, she was fortunate enough to have been able to play with boys yep. all the way through, even up to youth level. Some, it's up to competition. Some competitions yeah, will stop, stop girls at, uh, at 12 or 13. Different ages. Yeah, they have to go. But Cheryl, Cheryl captained her Lambton under-19s in the Allura Premier League. Oh, wow. And, and, and what about, um, do you think, with, with players like that, and, and then you go to these tournaments as well, um, do you think you now have a, a sort of eye where you can say, hey, I can see these three or four players, or men or young women, yeah. They're going to go on here. Yeah, yeah. Some, some, some. You, some you get wrong. Yeah. But uh, no, I think part of part of our job with that um, type of um, animal you call it of, of picking a picking a squad squad goes to a tournament, 
goes to something else yep. is yeah, yeah, important for, to identify talent. Yep. Yeah, and yes, you you certainly they stand out. Yeah, they stand out. Just yeah, they they just have something. They seem yeah. to have more time on the ball. Yeah, yeah. More time sort of slows down for yeah, them. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it it didn't slow down for me, um, but in terms of this interview, I've got a lot out of it, and um, some of the places we went to, um, I didn't envisage we would. And I thank you very much, and and respect you uh, coming here in in your holidays to to speak with me. And I always find you um, forthcoming, easy to approach um, as a as a player coach or as a referee so follow I thank you for your time appreciate it thanks Travis once again thank you for your support and please keep listening to these podcasts thanks again to follow for giving up some of his holiday time it is sincerely appreciated Fotho did send me a text after the interview to say he forgot to mention that Kane Weeks was one of the twins he played with at Harp Olympic and he really enjoyed being an instructor on coach education courses. From grassroots, mums and dads, through to senior licence courses, Premier League and District League coaches. Once again, thank you for your time. I'm your host Travis. Goodbye for now.